Welcome to my podcast. Um, I am JMLPT Jordan, for those of you who don't know my real name. So, um, I wanted to start up this podcast for a while now, in all honesty. Um, and the thing that really pushed me over the edge was I was chatting to a uh, new client over Zoom a few days ago. She sort of turned to me at the end of the call saying, like, Jordan, I thought you were going to be much more of a knob. I was sort of like, oh, why is that? She said, oh, on Instagram, you just come across as bit of a dickhead at times and she like she's a lovely lady very very direct and you know I love that about her and it made me realize is you know who I am on Instagram it's not really overly that much of who I am as a person um with Instagram I have to be very sort of short and direct to get people's attention and I sort of aim with this podcast to give you you know a bit more context behind the things that I'm saying you know it's all very well me here just shouting calorie deficit calorie deficit calorie deficit but I want to, you know, help you guys realise all the different methods that can help create a calorie deficit. So you can sort of go away and think, you know, oh, intermittent fasting can work well on a work day. And if I do one day keto, you know, you can combine the two and it works something um, along the lines that actually works for you. So with that being said, I'm going to give you a little bit about who I am. So we're not going to talk in all honesty about you know fat loss protein synthesis too much within this but first one but i want you to actually know who i am and potentially that i'm not actually that much of a knobhead so who am i so as i said i'm jordan um i was born in essex believe it or not a lot of people don't believe me when i say i was born in essex um probably because i have a funny accent so born in essex moved to hong kong when i was five um that was, you know, dad's job sort of uh, took us out there. Um, it was quite fun as well, actually. Um, absolutely loved Hong Kong. It was an awesome place to be brought up. I re- highly recommend it to anyone who has the chance to go there. So I spent four years in Hong Kong. In all honesty, um, I was, you know, in school, I was a little shit. Um, I was literally 32 out of 32 in every single class. Um, the teacher sort of put me in the corner so she didn't didn't really have to deal with me. So I would start pu- pulling things off the wall. Um, and yeah, yeah, sort of uh, between lessons, I'd be doing speech therapy, learning support and all that sort of stuff. But in all honesty, that four years probably shaped my life quite nicely because, as I said, it was the first time I properly failed. And looking back on it, I can actually, you know, see how well it ended up working out for me. So... We moved from Hong Kong to Thailand when I was in year four. Um, and the teachers apparently basically said to my parents was take him back a year or else he's just going to fail in life kind of thing. So my parents being as amazing and responsible as they are, I repeated half of year three. So I went from bottom of the class in pretty much everything to near enough halfway top of the class because I'd obviously learned it all, you know, literally months before I was relearning it all. So um, I, my grades went up. I sort of paying a bit more attention in class. I wasn't pulling things off the wall anymore. And that's, you know, again, you know, looking back on it, hindsight is one of the best visions is that's where I really realised when you find something you actually care about and you enjoy, you do give a shit and you are willing to learn. You're, you are willing, you know, to put in the extra work. So fast forward a few years, I moved to Dubai uh, with my mum, dad and sister. Um, 
sort of uh, I moved literally lived in Thailand for six six months um so yeah moved to Dubai kept up the momentum in terms of my education got straight B's at GCSEs um and well one A one one C rest B so I just say straight uh B's for ease of admin I then moved back to England went to a boarding school called Stenning Grammar School um first time away from my parents um yeah it was it it was good had a good time there. Had one run in with the police, in all honesty, at there for underage drinking when I was 17. Um, nothing too exciting, you know, literally a few frosty jacks down the park because we were cool like that. Um, yeah, that's literally, I've had probably three run ins with the police so far. Look, I'm very sort of open and transparent. So the first time I ever had a run in with the police was I was 15 year olds live, living out in Dubai. Um, Broke up with my girlfriend that day. She texted saying if I wanted to come over, you know, sit around the swimming pool. We went round. Um, one of my friends came as well. No, it did not end end up like that. Um, he bought some vodka. He was uh, yeah, having a few vodka cokes by the swimming pool. Me and her were inside the swimming pool. Um, security came, chased us. She got caught. I went back. She ran away then. And then... Security caught me. Probably did one of the best sidesteps in my life. Literally, one security guard was like head on, and I was r- running straight at him. Literally, stepped stepped him completely. I went one way, he went the other, ran off. Um, but then yeah, I ended up being caught. Um, literally, like yeah, they had my arms twisted and everything when they were pulling me back to the security gate. They ended up calling the police. The police turn up, and like lucky. I got very lucky, I'll be honest with you, because the way I've been brought up is you always respect, you know, authority. Um, So I was, you know, I called them sir and everything. I told them how they were treating me. And they ended up telling the security guards is they do not have basically the right to sort of, you know, uh, do what they did to me in terms of like twisting arms and all that sort of stuff. They were meant to just wait for the police to show up. They didn't have any rights to try to uh, detain me, blah, blah, blah. Felt a bit bad for the police. Uh, security in hindsight because they're just trying to do their job but um so yeah i got caught um and i ended up just you know chatting to the police for a bit whilst my ex-girlfriend was you know coming back she had been caught as well um ended up literally just outside the uh, security thing having a bit of a doha duke um for those of you who don't know what that is it's basically like local tobacco you get in dubai and yeah, was just chatting to them about what they do, how they enjoy the job, blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, they, uh, my ex got back. Um, honestly, best way by far to meet an ex-girlfriend's parents is at about two o'clock in the morning, have the police ring their doorbell. I'm stood one side, daughter's the other side, then two police officers either side of us. Absolutely the most awkward situation I have ever been in. So, yeah, with that being said, um, the police didn't do anything to me. They sort of gave me equivalent to probably about £100 um, to take a taxi home, which is only probably, you know, a £10-£15 taxi, um, and told me not to do it again because, in their words, they couldn't be bothered with the paperwork. So, yeah, got away with that one. Um, Kind of, well, got away with it with the police. To be fair, my parents found out, and I think... I'd rather have been called by the police rather than have to deal with my parents because 
they are fucking amazing, don't get me wrong, but they are strict. So the reason why we got caught was one of my friends who I was with, he sort of went missing because he ran off into the desert. So I got back probably about four o'clock in the morning after everything had happened. Um, he was missing, his phone was off. So I called one of our friends. One of our friends sort of woke up his parents um, and then my friend's parents went round to his house, rung the doorbell, woke up his parents and, well, yeah, got us caught. But my friend was in bed sleeping. He had got, he had got home about two-ish. So, yeah, um, and then being caught again in Dubai with drinking. This time I was actually 22, ran into a tree when I was trying to run away from security because I there's, like, two identical compounds in Dubai. I, I live in one and uh, the one on the other side of the road is identical. So I jumped over that wall. That one's abandoned. I did nothing wrong in that sense. And, yeah, security chased me. I ran into a tree, cut my eyebrow open had stitches, um, police picked me up. But again, like, and part of the reason why I'm saying this is, you know, I do think there's a very, very important moral of the story with these two stories is don't be a knob. It's as simple as that. If you are a knob, bad things will potentially happen. If you're nice and you're able to hold up, hold your hands up in a situation and say, no, I am wrong, I am sorry, rather than trying to blame everyone else and squaring up to the police, you get away with a fair bit more than if you're a knob. And this is where, like, I tell a lot of people I was brought up in Dubai. And this is part of the reason why I'm actually saying this now is everyone thinks because I was brought up in Dubai, you can't drink, you can't do this, you can't do that. Well, the reality is, you know, the drunkest I've ever been is in Dubai. They have something called a Friday brunch. It's like unlimited food, unlimited booze, all for, like, £100. And, yeah, it's honestly nothing like what the media says and again another reason why i'm sort of talking about this is just to show how manipulative we are by the media like that some of the lies i've seen on the daily mail and that people go to them for health advice and i cannot stand it because they're just outright lying click clickbaiting and screwing over you guys who sort of go on to read it hoping that they're going to be you know a good source of information but the reality is they just want that click so they can make money for adver- advertisement. So, anyway, obviously, yeah, I've had three run-ins with the police. A complete tangent. Um, but going back to my college, you know, I did BTEC sport, got a distinction star, distinction star. Probably the one subject I did enjoy when I was at school was, you know, uh, sport and PE. Um, always was pretty much perfect there. And then I went off, well, I wanted to join the army. But because I was living in Dubai... Um, I needed to do five years in the UK for security clearance. So obviously I'd done two years with uh, my um, uh, college. So I thought it's either go get a job, nine to five, in an office, something like that, or go to uni. It was a no-brainer. Went to university, probably spent £38,000 realising I do not want anything to do with the course I was doing. Probably the most expensive way to find out you don't want to work in an airport because I was doing airline and airport management. But at the time, my train of thought was, well, I can go if I well, I'm going to join the army, hopefully anyway. So it doesn't matter what I do. It's just more, you know, three years to have a bit of fun. Um, get £1,500 every quarter of the year with my student finance and just enjoy myself. Um, and then uh, for anyone who knows how the army application works, 
you uh, do a few interviews. So I went, I did my main board, passed that. Um, was going to do my, sorry, I, I passed my briefing. And then I did a medical. Then I went back to Dubai for a bit. So by the time I had to go off and do main board again, I had to redo my medical. Um, found out I'm slightly deaf in my left ear. So that was my army dream over. So at this point, I was sort of probably 22, 23 maybe. No direction in life. Something I wanted to do since I was 12 didn't come off. I always had a plan B and that plan B was recruitment in all honesty. Um, so went, tried to find a job in Dubai, couldn't do it because they would much rather hire a graduate Arab rather than a British uh, graduate. Um, because, you know, for them it works better for them because they have less unemployment. Um, so it makes sense. I'm, you know, no sort of grudges with that. But I spent probably a year after university back in Dubai trying to find work, um, living off mum and dad, basically. Um, looking back on it, probably wasted a year of my life doing that. But I had a good year. And a uh, massive shout out to a guy called Carl BK. I played rugby with him. He really took me under his wing um, on nights out and stuff. He's doing well in life, to be fair to him. Really nice bloke. He bought me probably an obscene amount on nights out and stuff because I didn't have any money at the time so he really helped me out so yeah shout out to him if he's listening um so yeah after didn't find after not finding any work in Dubai I went back to England worked in recruitment for probably about two and a half years um I tried to pretend like it was part of the plan you know it was fun I enjoyed it you know, I'd be like, oh, banter, all oh, recruitment banter, this and that. But I think the reality was I fucking hated it. I fucking hated showing up in a suit where people judge what shoes you wear, where people are really, you know, give a shit about how you dress, how you look and all this sort of stuff. And a lot of people are just really fake in that way. You know, I come from a much more sort of, you know, down to earth family where, OK, we lived in Dubai, but we don't judge people on what car they're driving where you go into recruitment, okay, not everyone's like it, but, you know, if you're not driving a Mercedes, you look down upon. You know, if you're not making 100k a year, you look down upon, and all that sort of stuff. So I didn't overly enjoy it, um, but I thought that was, you know, how life goes. You get a shit job, you get paid a salary, you get mortgage, you get married, you have a kid, and you die. Um, I didn't realise you could actually go out and have fun, and I remember... I was uh, listening to this audiobook, Tim Ferriss' Four Hour Work Week, and a quote stayed with me. Is if you go off and chase your dream, what's the worst thing that's going to happen in a year's time? And that stuck with me, especially when I lost my job in recruitment, which I'll get to in a second. But yeah, what is the worst thing that's going to happen? You just be in the same situation as you are right now. So, by all means, I'm not going to sit here and say um, I was the best recruiter of all time. Um, I did enjoy a bit of success. You know, got to go visit McLaren. That was fucking awesome, if I'm honest with you. Um, and yeah, got sort of let go from my first company. Um, I had an automotive desk in the height of Brexit. Probably not the best of desks I could have had. Um, but I'm not going to blame the desk nor Brexit. I'll probably just say, as I said, I'm just an average recruiter, if that. Um, and then I went to another company, um, didn't get on too well there, you know, I hold my hands up again, um, COVID hit, and in all honesty, you know, from a selfish point of view, 
COVID has changed my life massively for the better. And I do feel bad saying that. And I do feel like, again, this is why I, w- I want to, you know, do a podcast is that little segment there. So me saying COVID's the best thing to ever, ever happen to my life. You know, that taken out of uh, context could sound horrific because it is tragic. You know, millions of people have lost their lives, you know, and all that sort of stuff. And I, and I don't want to sound insensitive. You know, it is terribly tragic from a world point of view. But purely from a selfish point of view, it's changed my life for the better. So in February, I got put on furlough. Uh, not February, sorry. Probably March time I got put on furlough. Which, if you don't know what furlough is, 80% of my pay to legally not work. Probably the best five months of my professional career to date in recruitment, which really shows recruitment was not for me. And this is what I really took from it was if I'm happy to sit at home and play Fortnite all day, is recruitment the right career path for me? No. But I was always into sort of my health and fitness. Um, Like in university, I did probably spend about eight, nine, ten weeks maybe. I can't remember exactly getting properly properly shredded you know i'm saying like abs you can get great cheese on i probably got down to about seven eight percent body fat um but this is one thing that i'm really trying to campaign and change about the world is especially the health and fitness industry is we glamorize these people who have you know their testosterone's all over the place because they're injecting themselves with steroids so they can't get their dick hard you know, you have women who have such low body fat that they have lost their menstrual cycle in a bid to get a few more likes. Now, if any women out there, you want to get your body fat so low that you lose your menstrual cycle, I do think you need to potentially question the motives at the end of the day. And and look, look, that's not a dig at women. If guys out there, if you want to do so many, you know, roids and shit, you can't get your dick hard fundamentally we are here to you know biologically reproduce and you know have babies now wanting to go to the extreme where you can't do it in the bid to get a few more double tabs on your instagram come on guys really fucking think about this one where are your priorities but anyway complete side uh tangent there again so obviously you know i had abs i was in fucking good shape but what I'm trying to now help people realise is the amount you have to sacrifice for that. You know, I lost... Well, I don't want to say I lost friends, but I nearly lost friends over it because I was just boring. You know, people don't want to be talking about new flavours of BCAAs that you've just had. People don't give a shit about your bench press. People don't care if you have abs. And look, you know, girls out there, women out there will be able to back me up here. Eight... Six-pack is no substitute for good chat. And obviously, you know, being a typical lad, you know, like I, I, probably the first time I'm openly admitting this is I wanted to get into good shape to look good and, you know, make it easier when I go out, you know, to nightclubs on the pool. But the reality is, you know, you're wearing a T-shirt 90% of the time. No one knows how good your abs are. No one, in all honesty, as I said, no one cares how good your abs are. How often do you see really ugly people with really, you know, good-looking other halves? It's because it's more than skin deep. They just have good chat. And if you're going to bring yourself there where you think your looks are everything, are they the right people you want to be attracting? So, again, another little side tangent. One thing you probably realise with 
the podcast is there's going to be a few little side tangents, so I do apologise. Um, but yeah, so if I, going back to sort of you know the whole COVID situation, so I was put on furlough. Um, I ended up now moving to Holland, been here since October. Now it's a bit of a weird story how I got to Holland. So my dad used to play professional football. He played for Vollendam back in 1989. So my dad used to go to the gym where I am working right now. Um, And yeah, he used to train here and all that sort of stuff. Now, the guy who owns the place, a guy called Rob, cracking guy as well, a lot of time for him. Um, He went to Dubai where my parents live uh, back in February 2020. Um, Obviously, pretty much just before everywhere went into lockdown. So, 15 years without talking, he texts my dad saying, I'm in Dubai, let's meet up for a beer. So, they go out for a beer and, well, my dad basically tells the situation I'm in where I reckon I'm going to lose my job. Um, I was saying because of COVID, but the reality is I was just a ship recruiter. I really hope I don't need to go back into recruitment now after saying that on a podcast, but hey-ho. Um, so, yeah, he sort of said, oh, you know, we could be looking for a PT in our gym. Um, get in contact kind of thing and it's just mad like Rob and my dad hadn't spoken in 15 years if it wasn't for Facebook this never would have happened you know so yeah fast forward I got Rob's number sent him a text came out in September and then came out the month after uh, moving here for good um look you know at at the same time my mum is one of the wisest people I know. I quote her a fair bit on some of my sort of, you know, inspiration stuff I post on my daily emails and on my Instagram because she is very wise. But I'll be honest, I don't think she was happy I was doing this, to be honest with you, because, you know, I was giving up what, again, I thought was right, you know, a shit job with a salary to go get a mortgage, to then get married, to then have kids and so on, um, to go and and becoming a freelance PT where I get no security at all. But at the same time, I think that's part of the reason why it's going so well so far is because I have no security, I actually need to go out and do my own work to make money. I can't rely and think, oh, I'm going to get paid 22 and a half grand no matter what. You know, I actually have to go out work hard for this money. So, yeah, it's, it's, you know, as I said, you know, it's going well so far. That's in it, in three months' time, I could say, guys, it's gone shit. You know, you never know how, how it's going to end. But, yeah, um, and I think my main thing is, is without sounding too cliche, the reason why I became a personal trainer is I'm so fed up with the bullshit in the health and fitness industry. I've done an Instagram post on it. You know, back when I was in uni, back, you know, at the start of my uh, recruitment career, I was having more pills than what you get in Glastonbury. You know, every multivitamin under the moon, iron, um, triplets, BCAAs, glutamine, whatever pretty much fitness supplement had just came out, I went out and I bought it. Because I saw all of these fitness douchebags with perfect abs thinking, oh, this is what I want to be, taking these supplements without knowing that they actually aren't anabolics. And I'm, I'm listening to James Haskell's book right now, What a Flanker, Crack and Read, by the way. Well, I say read. Listen, I don't read. I barely can read. Joseph Dyslexia. I'm not that good. Um, but yeah, I just audio book everything and podcasts. Um, again, another side tangent. But yeah, even he, when he was 15, he said, you know, he went to, you know, quite a 
big bodybuilding gym. Um, asked the biggest guy, how how was he so big? He said, I eat 15 uh, chicken breasts a day. It's the anabolic steroids why they're huge, not the protein intake, not the supplements. It's they inject testosterone into their pump. And the important thing to remember, especially for the women out there now, is a lot of these women fitness models as well are injecting testosterone into their bum in a bid to look more toned. So, yeah, overall, I think the industry's full of shit, in all honesty. Um, so I'm sort of here now to try to help educate people on how everything all works and, uh, you know, trying to be the voice of reason, if you will. You know, um, one thing I'm massive on with all my clients is, you know, I'd say 90% of my clients want to lose a bit of fat. So I am, tell it, I am telling them the principle on how to lose fat, a calorie deficit. There's so many different methods out there to lose fat. You know, you can go keto, slimming world, Herbalife, the list goes on. But the only principle about losing fat is a calorie deficit. And I think for way too long, people are exploiting, you know, people just unfortunately don't know these principles in a bid to make more money off their insecurities. So with all my clients, you know, some of them I do intermittent fasting with, some of them I have carb cycling and so on. It's about finding something that fits them in their lifestyle. So I sort of tell them, you know, to lose fat, we need a calorie deficit. Let's sit down. Let's look at your life. How is your life? How, what, what method will fit best around you? Now, okay, yes, I can probably make more money by trying to blanket subscribe everyone on the same sort of process, you know, get them all carb cycling or all intermittent fasting and not tell them that, guys, okay, this is working because you're in a calorie deficit, not because I'm a master of the black arts. But then I feel like I'd just be doing them such a big disservice. Um, I wouldn't be honest with them. I'd be trying to manipulate um, their emotions so I can keep profiting off it like everyone else within the fitness industry does. And that just not, and that does not sit well with me. Um, and like... <laughs> As I go on and, you know, hear more and more stories, you know, I'm going to have a little rant about Slimming World now, for example. You know, Slimming World, they have in the UK 800,000 people going through their doors every week. But they do their own process on calling certain food sins. They have hex A, hex B, hex A and hex B, as far as I know, it's just words for fibre. You know, they keep, you know, all their people there from arm's length from the truth, because if people teach you the method, then you do not need them. But I completely disagree with this. I am very vocal on my Instagram about how to lose weight, but I still have people coming to me and asking for help. Some people need accountability. Some people need to be held accountable to actually do the stuff that they said they're going to do. It doesn't matter me saying, oh, you need to be in a calorie deficit. They know that. Nine times out of ten, you know, all the information I know, okay, I do have personal training qualifications and nutrition qualification, but a lot of these studies are online for free. So if anyone wanted to, they could go off and find pretty much everything I know completely free of charge, but people won't. And this is where I come in, and I really try to make it, you know, as simple and as easy for everyone as I can. And when people sign up, I take them through a bit of an email chain where I am literally going through the absolute basics to what I'm going to be doing a few more of the advanced sort of bits of weight loss. So I'll be talking about the insulin resistance and all that sort of stuff. But the logic is, it means by the time they're finished with me, 
they're going to pretty much know everything that I know, which means they can actually turn this into a long lasting change rather than a quick fad. So this is why I'm now sort of here and becoming a PT. Well, I say becoming, I am a PT, sorry. This is why I'm here and doing personal training is because I want to get people off this vicious yo-yo cycle and I want them to actually lose the fat and feel good for them about themselves, potentially for the first time in years. And I urge everyone as well is, you know, stop going into this ideal way that we all need to look. We all need to have abs. We all need to do this. We all need to do that. But the reality is, do you actually want a six pack? Do you actually care that much that you can sacrifice food you love and sacrifice potentially friendships over just having good abs to get the good abs and realize that nobody cares? And to be fair, I do owe a fair bit to one of my housemates in uni because, as I said, you know, I was in good shape then. I did, you know, become very, very boring. Um, and he sort of pulled me aside. He's just like, Jordan, you're boring now. Like, no one cares. Like, shut up. And that's when I, yeah, I really realised that nobody does care. Really, nobody does care. But yeah, so from this podcast, what what I sort of want to do is just raise awareness on, you know, different ways, different methods you can create a calorie deficit and lose weight. Um, I'm going to be talking to several different people, um, be it some people, you know, other personal trainers and some people I used to work with, for example, because I want to give you guys the information you need so you can actually find something and adapt stuff that works best for you. I think it's so easy and I had one client who signed up a few days ago I was talking to him about, you know, going to the gym before work. He turned to me and said, oh, it's easy for you. You're, you're a personal trainer. And I was just like, what, what's that meant to mean? Just because I'm a personal trainer, we don't have superpowers. I still do stuff I don't want to do. I still wake up, you know, at 6, 6.30 in the morning and I still struggle like a normal person. And I just really want to try to break down comments like that because, you know, not everyone in the fitness industry are these hyper-motivated dickheads who just care about getting their kit off. Now, and this is one thing I'm really focal with, especially on my Instagram stories is, you know, I'd say 80% of my diet is on point. 20% of my diet consists of beer, pizza and burgers. Now, I do not have abs anymore. I'll probably, in all honesty, never want to try to get them again. But, you know, you can go out and have a half-decent body and be in shape without needing to become a boring cunt. Um, and yeah, that's why I post, you know, me drinking beer, me eating pizza on my Instagram stories. Um, but yeah, hope that gives a bit of an overview on who I am. Um, as I said, I'm going to be trying to do these with a few other people as well. So you guys can get a lot of different methods about what works for loads of other people. Um, and not just something that I'm saying that, that has worked for me in the past and so on. Um, so yeah, I'll probably try to do this once a week or once every two weeks, getting on different guests. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. You know, as I said at the start, this is not going to be the most education one about fat loss, but I just wanted to tell you guys a bit of who I am so you know that I'm not just, you know, a knobhead who's popping up on your Instagram calling people dickheads, you know. You actually know I'm a half-decent person who just genuinely wants, you know, the best for the industry and wants to change the industry and get rid of all of the lying dickheads who promise you meal replacement shakes to get you into shape 
when you lose all the weight, you put it all back on because you don't know that you've lost all the weight because of a calorie deficit. Anyway, that's enough from me. So have a great day, guys, and enjoy.